0: smack your okay welcome ladies and gentlemen uh system basketball zoomcast tonight's edition we have joe joel de brule from seattle academy he's been the head coach there since 2016 Um, and he has a record of 68 and 21 there and he's been running the system since 2007 so tonight should be a good one with the veteran high school system coach so coach Obviously, you, you started in 2007 with it, and so how did it come about? How did you find out about the system? What led you to it?
1: Well, it was way before 2007. Okay. I was, a, uh, I think, a college sophomore, junior, 1987. Uh, I was in South Carolina, going to the University of South Carolina. And I just started coaching high school basketball, uh, assistant coach. And I stayed up late, watched one of those West Coast games on ESPN, which started about midnight. And that was the first time I'd ever seen uh, Paul Westhead's LMU teams. uh, And I'd never seen the system. And I'm watching them, and I think they were playing Long Beach State. And it was like, you know, it's probably like the first time you saw your bride. Right? It was like something just magically happened. And like the first time I saw mine, of course. Uh, But I'm sitting there, it's like I had an epiphany. Uh, I'm just watching it. And I was just enthralled by what was going on. It was just, it was a circus. And it was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And on that night, I decided that's how I'm going to coach when I become a uh, head coach, which didn't happened for quite a while, largely because I stopped coaching high school basketball for about 14, 15 years. So because I got a job in the business world where they don't really want you to leave during the middle of the day to go play basketball. So but yeah, so I've uh, first time uh, I saw the system was uh, I think 1987. So 2007 rolls around. I'd studied the system for a while. I got back into high school basketball coaching uh, in 04. Uh I was on the boys' side uh, and we were about as far away from the system as you can get. Uh, Wilsonville High School, which is a very successful program. Uh, coach Roach, amazing uh, coach. They won multiple state championships, but first one to 50 wins and <laughs> play seven people. No shot clock. And let's just keep working it around until we get a good one. So it was great and all. And I learned a lot about man-to-man defense. But when I became a head coach in 2007, I realized that I was going to do something different. And so I uh, I picked up the phone and I called Coach A, David Arsenal, over at Grinnell and asked him if I could maybe come to Iowa and uh, talk to him a little bit about the system. And he said, sure, come on out. And uh, I ended up staying at his house for a week, slept in Dave Jr.'s bed. Uh, Dave Jr. wasn't there, uh, which was a good thing. Um, he was in Canada or something playing with the national team. And, yeah, learned pretty much everything I needed to know. Uh, because you can pick up things in the books and the videos, but there's always there's, – it's like that secret sauce you don't, yep. you don't ever get. In the, in the championship productions video. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, it was great.
0: What So if there was a person listening tonight and they didn't know anything about the system, okay, what would be your definition of what system basketball is?
1: To me, system basketball is 100% total chaos just basically non-basketball it's basketball but it's different Um, system basketball can be played there's some that play it without the five in and five out Um, you know and there's always the people that say yeah we're gonna we're gonna press and everything but we're not gonna give up layups and you know and we're still gonna but to me it's you're putting every ounce of energy on defense to get the ball back as quickly as you can so that you can shoot it as quickly as you can. And it's just all about creating pace and getting up and down the floor and and basically just making chaos happen. So,
0: so based upon that, would you consider yourself a system purist? Do you do the five in, five out Grinnell subbing since you learned from Coach A, or do you hybrid?
1: Oh, no. I'm, I'm five in and I'm five out. Um, Unfortunately, this past year, Seattle Academy is a smaller school. uh, Only had 11 players on the varsity. And then I had a couple of kids get hurt uh, late. Another kid got a concussion. So I was down to eight people. So I'm not a math guy by any stretch. I was a journalism major. So the, it's tough to do the five in and five out when you've only got three people on the bench I'm following uh, I tried it one time and then ended up playing three on five and it didn't really work. So you didn't
0: suit up and go in. I
1: took the five out. Well, I was ten temp- my uh my assistant is a uh one of the northwestern great lacrosse players, and she's a pretty good uh, basketball player and she, she looks young, so I probably could have gotten away with that, but we then we'd still only have four. So <laughs> so if I've got enough players, then I always go five in and five out. It's just, it's just
0: what I do. So you got hired at Seattle Academy and you pitched system from day one in the interview and, and everything.
1: Absolutely. Because that's the way I coach. That's the way I believe that's uh, every ounce of my uh, coaching being is system. Uh, If I couldn't coach system, I don't know if I would coach, quite honestly, um, because this past year when we had to slow it down and we ran an offense, but we didn't press full court once we got down to eight players and we would, we would trap in the half court. Uh, or the times when we were up by 25-ish, we'd stop pressing. It's just, it's like pulling teeth watching a regular game now for me. It's just <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, the thrills, the thrill of uh, coaching a regular basketball game is worn off.
0: So, did you do a PowerPoint, PowerPoint to get your team buy-in, admin buy-in, or did you just did you just roll with it and just start putting it in?
1: Well, so I put it in at a few different places, um, very different places. Um, you know, Milwaukee High School in two thousand seven, they had won one game the year before. Uh, they're one in twenty three, I think lost one game 82 to eight. Uh, they averaged, I mean, there were like eight or nine games where they scored in the teens. And so I ran the system there, not so much to win, but to give the girls something to be excited about. Mm -hmm. We're thinking let's lose 70 to 45 instead of 50 to 20. So, um, That's what we did. We didn't win a lot of games, but we were a lot closer and we had kids scoring a lot of points. And then we had people that were absolutely astounded that we could shoot 73 three pointers in one game. Now I would have liked to have made more, but, and then I wouldn't have had the lady coming down from the top row of Oregon city high school telling me that there's more to basketball than three pointers, but we wouldn't have beat Oregon city playing regular anyway. Um, you know since they have national high school you know champion banners hanging all over the place was, uh, um, but so getting i'm not i've never been worried about getting buy-in from from players i i sell it and I was in advertising sales for years that's why i didn't uh that's why i didn't coach basketball so maybe I can sell better than the others but uh I sell it as if this is the you guys have not lived yet until you've seen this. this is how you should play basketball and i just sell it like this is the greatest thing you're ever going to be a part of because everybody gets to play everybody gets to shoot um i don't do the preferred shooter um until we get to the playoffs then i have a nice little sit down conversation with some some girls and kind of talk to them about percentages and the fact that you're shooting 10% from three point range, maybe we can make that next pass to someone with a little higher percentage. But, uh, but everybody, you know, during the regular season gets to shoot and everyone gets to play. And I get a lot of athletes, kids who don't play basketball year round. Uh, at my current school, uh, they won the state soccer championship. So we have soccer players who are athletic. And I just basically teach them a few things basketball wise you know, we practice a lot of threes. We, pra- we drive and shoot a floater, or we drive and we kick it. So when they get the ball, they're doing one of three things, and they're doing them quickly. Um, but defensively, they're athletic, and they get steals, and they know that if they get the ball, they're not to dribble for long stretches, find someone who, who does. So, um, But to me, I've never had trouble with buy-in. I've had one parent or – you know, set of parents who have had an issue because they thought their daughter at, you know, one of my previous stops was a Division One player. She wasn't, but, you know, it's the way it is. Um, you know, you're not always going to – not everyone's going to be happy, but there are a lot more people happy when they come to games watching their daughter or son play than when they come to games and watch their son or daughter sit on the bench for the whole game. So right. that's one reason why I uh, started the system, was to increase uh, participation. Because uh, so many kids, especially girls, drop out of athletics and organized sports right at when they're starting high school. And you know, studies have shown that they do better in school and they, uh, they have better relationships and such if they're, they're on teams and, and they're active. Uh, so the more that we can play the better
0: what is the biggest criticism that you receive from parents players or even administration about running the system
1: i've, I've never really gotten any sort of uh, complaints from my administration about running the system we've had complaints from other administrations because score tends to be a little higher, but we don't get it that often because I've gotten pretty good at managing uh, outcomes and such. Um, I don't. I get a lot more positives than negatives. The only time we get a negative is if someone has a son or daughter who is the supposed star of the team and uh, gets taken out of the game. And you know, I've had the I can't get into the flow uh conversation and and i just explained if you can't get in the flow then you're not playing hard enough because if you're if you're playing as hard as you can for a minute you should want to come out uh and studies have been done on athletes and the amount of time they uh play and sit and recuperation it's better to to go hard for a short amount of time Get out and then get back on the court than it is to play four minutes and then sit for four minutes. Um, but I haven't had too many of those, you know. And I do a pretty good job of explaining. We play twice; we have twice as many possessions as a regular game. So even though you're not playing, you know, you might be playing a half a game or a little more than half a game. You're going to get more shots than you would normally get. I mean, when I got to Seattle Academy. Games were in the 30s, right? It's like, oh, we won 34 to 28. It's like, and I'm like, why didn't you play the second half? It's like, you know, just walking it up and when it's like, there's just so much, uh, so much free time in the uh, in the normal game. So we don't, yeah, there's not a lot of downtime in the uh, Seattle Academy game, or as we call it, basketball.
0: Uh Uh-oh. I can't hear you. What are the common misconceptions of system basketball? Um, I think the biggest
1: misperception is that there's no real sense of strategy. People think that we're just flying around and it's not very disciplined and there's not a whole lot of coaching to it. And they don't really understand that, you know, there is a method to the madness and we run to certain – every time we get the ball, kids are going to certain spots. They know where they're going. Uh, we know what we're doing, and we kind of made it so that we can do a certain thing so that we can get a shot off in less than 10 seconds. Uh, there, A lot of people think, oh, we're just out there flying around and being undisciplined and jacking up threes. And we're jacking up threes. We're just not being undisciplined at doing it. So uh,
0: there's a method to uh, there's and, more to it
1: there's more to it than the uh, than the, the untrained eye would would be able to smize.
0: well getting to know you the last few months you've been on a couple of uh, majority of the system zoom clinics that we've had and you do your system goals a little different um, would you would you mind sharing us how you came about your system goals Well
1: basically, you know, I took what, what Coach A's got for the uh, formula for success. And I kind of modified them a little bit for the length of a high school game because we play eight minutes less. So I went 80%. I, it's, again, I'm not a math person, so I had someone help me. But I took their goals, multiplied them by 80%, and then got there. But then kind of bumped them up because I honestly want to play faster I wanna play as fast as we can humanly play. Uh, I wanna get hundred shots each game. I want hundred shots, 50 of those are gonna be threes. Um, normally you would say 80 field goal attempts because if, if the college system teams wanna get hundred, then we're talking about 80. Uh, I just say hundred shots and I count field goals and free throws. Um, so I just add them up and if it gets to 100 we met the goal and if it doesn't then we didn't so uh, the 50 field goal three-point attempts uh, a lot of people are like you're crazy how are you going to get that's a lot of three one game we we took 70 this year Uh, another game we took 68 Uh, we took 65 percent of our field goals this year were three-point shots uh, which is higher than I would like. Um, my girls don't tend to drive it as much and try to get to the, the basket. We kind of settle. We're settlers, as we say. Um, but you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of threes. So 100 field goal attempts, or I'm sorry, 100 shots, 53s, uh, rebound one third of our misses. Uh, forced 32 turnovers, which is one per minute. And that's the easiest that we get. One game, we forced 57 turnovers. Um, And then last, shoot 25 times more than our opponent. I've monkeyed around a little. I, I, I was thinking maybe doing something instead of forcing 32 turnovers to do something where it's a turnover differential. Because not this year, but last, we had the trouble of forcing a turnover and then turning around and giving it right back to them. Uh, You know, you don't want to force 46 turnovers and then commit 33. You know, that doesn't do you much good. So, but I keep – I just try to keep it simple for the kids. Everything is just geared towards pace. Uh, If we can get that field goal attempt or shot attempt up and we're getting our turnovers up, we should be fine. We almost always hit our our rebound goal because that's the one thing I emphasize more than anything. Uh, with my girls because if you're going to shoot 21 for 70 from three-point range it's a lot of misses so um every time a shot goes up i'll ask if you ask any of my girls the last four years uh you know what happens when a teammate shoots she'll tell you that it's a pass to her so we just you just got to go get it so we get uh we tend to bump up around 40% on our offensive rebound percentage. So.
0: Okay. And if someone wanted to put in the system or run the system, what advice would you give them as far as getting into what people would refer to as the circus, the dark side, coming into system basketball, what advice of, of how they would, how they should go about doing it?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, they, they probably need to seek therapy. Uh, or maybe just look inside and get to know themselves a little bit because not everyone can do it everyone seems to think they can do it but when you know you're there and you're giving up layups or you have some kid just shooting a three six seconds after you had the ball it's it takes a different mentality to coach it Uh, you have to kind of you lose a little bit of control a lot of coaches are controlling. I mean, they they you know, they say they want a fast break, but they also want to, you know, put the hand up and tell them to hold up so they can, you know, go to the wristband and, and call a play. Um, because if they're doing that, then they're having more sense of control. With the system, if you're running it the way it should be run, things are just going too fast to have like a lot of control over what's going on in the game. So you have to have your team really prepared and they have to know what they're doing. Um, So if you're going to switch and go to the system, you got to realize that it's, it is so different than what the way most boys or girls have played basketball, that it's, there's a learning curve and there's going to be some times where your team's going to look really, really bad. And when your team looks really, really bad parents and in some school districts administrators they they want to tell you how bad your team looked and they and they want to get then give you advice on what you should have done and you throw a few bad games in a row when you're still learning it together it some people just jump off at that point because they don't want to deal with the you know the naysayers so there there's definitely a, a learning curve um, because it is so different. I mean, it's totally different. So,
0: and you've had a lot you of to, You
1: just have to kind of be able to filter some of that out. Um, and you got to believe that what you're doing is um, the right thing. And I think that's where a lot of people who, you know, were on these, these systems, Zoomcast, and we got 60, 70 coaches and then you send the poll of how many are actually system coaches and it's less than half that. So that tells me we've got a bunch of people that are trying to either learn so that Mm -hmm. they may do it Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. they're kind of on, you know, they're on the fence or they're trying to learn more about an opponent. But if you're on the fence and you go into the season and you're trying to sell it and you've just gotten off the fence, you're not going to have the, the, uh, the conviction for the the kids and the parents to believe that this is what you really need to do. I mean, if you're going to, it's not a toe in the water kind of thing. If you're going to, if you're going system, it's, you know, you got to go Greg Louganis and uh, just dive right (laughs) in. Wow.
0: So you've been doing it since 2007 and I'm sure you've changed over the years and you've done different varieties of stuff with your offense. Um, are you pretty true to the system in terms of your defense? Do you use the, the main de- the main presses, or what, what do you employ?
1: I would, yeah, I would say so. Um, one thing we don't do as well at Seattle Academy as I like is the uh, what we call Reno uh, when Dave Junior was at Reno with the Bighorns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the anytime the other team gets the ball two people are trapping, you know, if say we shoot and miss and the other team gets the rebound to trap right away, we don't press as well off of um, misses. Um, but as far as a make goes or a dead ball referee handle, we're uh, we starting an on and we'll go to off if uh, we're, not, we're not doing a good job of getting that first trap. But uh, I'd pretty much say that. We've we've tinkered a bit with certain groups, um, yeah. kind of playing a three-quarter court, of uh, you know, like a one-two-two two or one-two-one-one. One, one. Something that I do that's different than most is um, I basically have one person who's a run protector, and she's not you know. So I watch a lot of Grinnell games, mm-hmm. uh, much to the uh, dismay of my bride. Um, who apparently wants to watch something that involves a real housewife from somewhere. Um, (laughs) And she's like, do we have to watch Grinnell? That's why we have seven TVs and four kids with four people in the house. Um, But I watch a lot of Grinnell and they give up a lot of layups because the back part of their press, I mean, they got five people pressing and they give up layups and then they go fast the other way. We don't shoot it well enough to give up a bunch of layups, you know? So I, we press with four people and then we just funnel them into our our uh, rim protector because in the girls game if you can just contest a little bit you're gonna force a lot of misses uh or they'll end up pulling up shooting the uh, the mid-range uh jumper yeah. i don't know what uh california is like but up here in washington the uh, high school girls love the mid-range game it's like everyone's back in 1988 or something but um yeah. So we end up giving that shot up a lot, Uh, but we end up pressing with four people. So sometimes it's um, full court. And then if they get back in the half court, we're in what we call scramble and the two closest to the ball are trapping two people are interceptors. And then we have one person who, if they leave the lane, um, there's a stern talking to not too long from, from the time they left the lane. Because we just don't want to give up layups, we give up a lot of wide open jumpers. But if we're doing things right, we give up wide open jumpers when teams are playing faster than you used to play and so they don't make as many of them.
0: Is that just experience that taught you that, and or something you learned, or that a really good high school adjustment that you think most high schools should switch to with the designating someone? Oh, I'm, a, a, I'm because all we don't it. shoot the ball as well. We don't.
1: I'm all about the analytics. Uh, if if they're not shooting, if they're not shooting uh, mid-range jumpers in the NBA, there's there's a reason. And so, uh, the very first thing that I did four years ago, first practice, I explained the rule of the long two, which is if you shoot a long two, if it goes in, you stay in; if it goes out, you come out. And then I had girls trying to explain like go to certain spots on the court and ask what about here if I miss here do I come out I'm like yes and then they'll like step one step in and just so that I explain to uh you know so they you know they, the whole thing was new to them they now know I still do it first day of practice uh but we talk about the, the the number of points you get when you shoot the mid-range it's to the point now where like we'll go uh to like a husky game as a as a team uh Washington Husky game and a, someone will shoot like a set a 16 footer 17 footer and someone will look down and say she's shooting a long two uh so i've kind of you know it's it's ingrained in them now um we just don't like we just don't like that shot which we, we don't make enough of them uh the, and the teams that i like if we're playing a, a zone you know because we we kind of do a two three syracuse like you know zone but without Hakeem Warwick or Eric Coleman, you know, kind of link. But I, if they they were always, like, so stressed if the ball got to the free throw line. Like, what do they do? And I'm like, look, if they make 26 of the – 26, 15-footers, they might beat us. But I'm thinking they're not going to. Uh, so if it gets to the high post, we we basically uh, just kind of let, let the person in the middle of the zone play. And we still cover the three, so we want to shoot threes and we want to guard the three, uh, and we're not, I'm not worried about the mid range. So,
0: how you generate shots, coach? Are you out? five out, four out, one in, uh, Grinnell style? How do you how do you get your We don't have.
1: Uh, we don't ever go really four out, one in. We're we're always five out. Um, we want to get the ball to our our playmaker. Uh, our point guard I have two point guards uh, one for each ship but one of them is the league MVP and it we it's, we kind of do the LMU break but we kind of do the Grinnell break um, we, we keep the two we run the two to the right corner and we head man it up if she's open then she shoots it if she doesn't shoot it then she's driving and then she'll kick it back to the one who's coming behind her or um she drives the floater and she and she kicks it to the other side um we start every game in what we call grinnell which is where we run the the tooth through and mm-hmm. she gets two screens we don't have the uh we don't have the, our trail post go and set that third screen uh if we did we'd call that pioneer Um uh, instead we just want to open up that whole right side of the floor and we just let i let my my point guard take it uh get in the lane the trail post follows behind we get that shot a lot um so we'll, we'll everything we do uh, if it's a referee handle all of our stuff is, is basically run out of our transition set just so that Kids know where they are, and it's, I don't know. It's not something different. We don't get a lot of practice time. Um, Seattle Academy is is a rigorous uh, academic experience, so at, we never get more than ninety minutes, and even then, sometimes we get we get less than that. So we don't, you know, we can't. I can't throw a whole bunch of sets. And also, a lot of the the girl, like I said, they're not. They don't have a, a, a lot of basketball experience, so we spend most of our time practicing shooting, and then going over our uh, kind of going over our sets. The thing we get more than anything is zone. We get zoned a lot, um, and the thing that we do more than other people do is we set screens against zones. So we run a lot of set plays um, against zones. Um, so that's how we get shot. We want to get a shot as quick as we can. Because what I found is the longer we have it, the greater the chances we're going to turn it over. So quicker we can shoot, the you know, because once we get the ball up on the glass, even if we don't make it, if we get the offensive rebound, we're going to get another shot quickly. Uh, and it's usually a three-point shot. So um, we just want to we just want to get a shot up quickly.
0: Let's talk about. nice and shifts Um, what do you think is the ideal roster size for high school for system
1: i'd probably say 15. knowing that you're going to have one or two people injured uh not 15 where you're going to go you know three groups of five okay Um, ideally you know, I enjoyed it best when I had 14 girls and then I had two different groups of seven um, with the five on each who clearly knew that they were, you know, in essence, the five starters on that group. But then I could mix in um, a couple of players here and there. But um, and if that were the case, I, I always did two uh, two groups of seven.
0: You just, I used to. I used to
1: start. Um, I used to start with my. Uh, so our colors are red and black, and so uh, we have red and white reversible uniforms. So I have a, a red group and a white group, but then we'd have a black group that would start the game. And I and it was always my five best players, and theoretically those five would then finish the game, right? But we always started off poorly because you and you'd think if you're playing your five best players that you would start off better, but they didn't play together as a uh, as a unit very often, except for the start of games and then it would always because the next shift I would have to like bring two or three in stay with people that were in that would double shift and then the next one. You know, people would come in. We, we wouldn't get into the flow right away. So I've started now just doing like what Coach Dave Jr. does and just starting one of the groups and then the other group and not doing the – not putting a great emphasis on you know, a starting five, per se. Um, that's one area where I could see parents getting upset is if, you know, Johnny's supposed to be a starter but game starts and Johnny's group isn't the one that's supposed to be starting that night, you know, and they're wondering, why isn't, why isn't Johnny starting? He's was first team all league last year, you know, not knowing that, you know, it doesn't really matter because they're coming in a minute or less later. Um, You know, I think in situations like that, you just got to probably communicate better with the, the parents. I've been fortunate. I don't have to deal with, I don't have to deal with that. My parents don't tend to I – mean, we, we won a lot of games. You, you get more problems when you lose, I think. So.
0: Well, and their kids uh, are playing. Correct. Uh, so you came on and you showed us a, a spreadsheet. So you kind of do yours a little different as well. A lot of people kind of try to keep everything standard within their system of their groups. But you mix it up a little bit. So like you said, you're red and black. So your red team will run a certain offense and your black will run a certain, and they'll both play different defenses. Um, is that throughout the whole game or is it, or is it based upon who you're playing against? How do you, how do you determine that?
1: Um, well, it's based on who we're, who we're playing. Uh, the good thing is, you know, if you've been there a certain amount of time, you, you know, usually what the other team, you know, likes to run, you know, if we're going to see a lot of zone or see a lot of man or, uh, so forth. But uh, I script it out for the first half and then make adjustments if, if necessary. If not, then we'll just take the, you know, what we're doing in the first quarter and start it over in the third quarter. If the game's competitive, the fourth quarter doesn't go off of the uh, spreadsheet. Um, but in the first quarter, you know, I've got a group. Here's where they're playing you know, on offense, one, two, three, four, or five, um, and our fours and fives are a little different. They're all still outside the three-point line, uh, the four end-bounds, they're the trail post, but um, so that it's where they're going in on offense, and then where they are in the press on defense, uh, and what press we're running. Uh, so, they got they got to know where they are on offense, where they are going to be on defense, and then we have one play that that's what their group is running when they're in there. So, I mean, ideally, we're subbing after the first 45 seconds, the first dead ball after 45 seconds. And I say that ideally because um, my assistant coaches, let me see Oh, need to be better at substituting. And I keep telling them, we got to, you know, they, they uh, because, and they have a tough job because their job is to get the five that are going in ready to go in. And high school girls love answers, right? They, they want to know exactly what is going to happen in that one minute and what they should do in that one minute. Um, they're not big on the surprises or the going with the flow. So they ask a lot of questions of my assistants and invariably it's like, we're, I'm looking, and this, the kids out there are exhausted. They've been out there for a minute and a half, two minutes. And the other teams, they're still – she's got a dry erase board explaining this. So, you know, it's kind of like when uh, – you know, because I coach tennis too. Uh, the, the kids will warm up, and it will be 30 minutes of a five-minute warm-up because as long as you're warming up, nobody's losing, Right. So if they're in, on the bench asking questions, then they haven't made a mistake yet. But um, so they they got to know what's you know what to do when they go in. Um, it's it's hard sometimes when you get the foul and the shooter misses the second free throw, and so now you've got a sub on the uh, sideline waiting to go in, and you got different people. Yeah, but sure. uh, because I don't always have. You know, like, so I'll have one point guard who's smaller than my uh, other point guard. And so there are different places on defense. Um, so it's kind of hard sometimes in that. If that's the case, then we'll foul right away. So, um, which is something that I have to teach. And sometimes my girls just go and just shove people or
0: tackle so, them a uh, football player or something. So you have two assistants, three assistants? I have one
1: full-time assistant. Okay. And then I have a uh, a second assistant who's also, who goes to school at University of Washington, who played for me my first year. Uh, she averaged 23 for us, and she came back this year. And so she, with her schedule, sometimes she's, you know, can't make it all the time, but yeah
0: so your assistant has a shift chart
1: yes okay yeah so i've one that's uh, that just follows the and it's it's for me it's it's just been it's just great cuz i don't have to think about do i need to put this person in you know for that or this or that? because it's all on the spreadsheet and they're doing it and i'm not dealing with that so i just focus on the game and then I coach the, the – if the five that are coming off, uh, if I need to – if I saw something I need corrected, I can just talk to them before they, you know, get ready to go back in. But I don't have to uh, – I don't have to think about, about you know, who should I put in for this or that. Now, I do if, it, if it's a close game and it's, and it's you know, fourth quarter, uh, and I kind of go off the five in and five out. Uh, because we have a gap, you know, we have three, like this past year we had three girls who play AAU basketball and they play a lot. They basically play, you know, most of the year. And then we have a number of girls who don't touch basketball between February and November. Um, So, you know, with the five, we have some people that if this were mover blocker offense, they're blockers, you know, you, they're you know they're offensive linemen types you know they're rebounding and playing defense and setting screens and you know not everybody gets to be russell Wilson so um you know uh, when it comes late and we're playing a you know a playoff type game it's you know we we kind of go to what would be that the black group and we do play a little more traditional game but we also uh, because we have so many more possessions and we get the ball up and we shoot it quick, we, we have a lot of lopsided games. And so the second half, a lot of times is played where we're bumping up to a running clock or, you know, we're up by 25 and, you know, or, you know, one game this year, we're up 27 to nothing. And, and I'm like, okay. And I'm, I scrapped the five in and five out and I'm just playing, you know, my least experienced players and, you know, trying to keep it, uh, you know, competitive. So um, it's every game, every game is, every game's kind of different, but, so that's why I don't script out the whole game because usually it never gets to that first half usually though is, you know, pretty good.
0: If you were into one of those game games, When would you go with your finishing group or whatever you, whatever you refer to it at? What, what about three minutes or what? Three minutes left. Usually it's
1: usually it's around the four minute mark, like halfway through the end of the, uh, the fourth quarter. Um, anything longer than that, the kids just, they get tired or we just have to flat out, go back and not press at all. Um, so, but, Yeah. Last four minutes. I'm Um, a uh, Dean Smith person. I grew up in South Carolina. So I grew up, you know, watching lots of North Carolina basketball Mm -hmm. and a lot of Dean Smith. uh, uh, What he did is still in my, uh, uh, my system. And he used, they used to say, you know, they thought he could take his timeouts with them to the, uh, to the grave, but, you know, I always save my timeouts. And so, if I'm going four minutes, I can take timeout so that I can get my girls a, a timeout so that I can rest them uh, so that I don't have to substitute my five best players. Um, so you get five in a game, and I rarely, I rarely take one in the first half unless they have to impart some motivational uh, wisdom if they're not playing as hard as they should. But I don't like to do that.
0: What do you you feel is the hardest part to install in the system? Getting kids to play
1: at the the energy level that they need to play for the system to be successful. Like understanding how hard it is to play because for years, kids have played knowing that, hey, I'm going to play the first six or seven minutes and they pace themselves. Um, They can't, you can't, play 100 miles an hour for an entire quarter or for five or six minutes um so kids pace themselves and so they that's how they think basketball is played when i got there it was let's walk the basketball up the court because the other team's not pressing and then we'll you know pass around and shoot it and then we'll walk back and then they'll walk it up and you, you can play a full quarter that way without getting tired to play as hard as you need to play in the system, um, it—that's an adjustment for a lot of kids, and a lot of them just don't understand how hard they have to play.
0: Does your lower? I mean, at the heart. end of a game,
1: well, I—I'm I, amazed that coaches like Coach A would sit down at the uh, end of the bench, opposite of his uh, his assistant coach, and just kind of watch the game. I—the only. I've had one technical foul in my entire coaching career, and it was this past uh, past season. And uh, in Washington, if you get a technical foul, you get a seatbelt. So you have to sit down mm-hmm. with the imaginary seatbelt. That's the only time I think I've sat down uh, coaching. So I'm up, and I'm, you know, I'm animated, and I'm okay. asking them to trap and press and move it, you know, because if I don't, then the default is – to like jog back and set up on defense or you know i mean uh when i was at west lynn my principal he came to all the games and he would sit at the door right down from uh the home bench mm-hmm. and one day he he goes do you know what word you say more than any other during a game and i said uh, I, i'm hoping it's not something that i would get in trouble for saying thinking I maybe said, you know, and he said, no, you say go. So as soon as the other team uh, scores, I mean, I'm yelling, go, go. Uh, Cause I just want us to go as fast as, as possible. Uh, because if I don't, if I don't do that, then they won't go as fast as they need to go. So that's to me, getting kids to play at that fast a pace and at that intensity level is the, is the toughest thing about coaching the system. Oh, you sound like
0: yeah. so. I don't know you if sound like what. So. you sound like what?
1: I'm a pace What are sound
0: like? So yeah. So I don't know if if I can just sit and like sit at the end of the bench and just say hey, because I think that's one of the misconceptions of system coaches is we just sit there and roll out the ball and let the kids play. Um, yeah. I'm known to I think kind of like you sounding like. Where I have to be animated and and provide some of the intensity, I guess, if you will, to get them to to press and to play with a certain level, because it's kind of like, oh shucks, we have a basketball game sometimes, and like um, where we've won thirty nine games the last two years, and much like yourself, you you've had a great program, and it seems like a lot of people think system basketball is the end all be all, like cure, and I know that's that's not, you got to be doing it for the right reasons. And, and it's number one was supposed to be for participation for people, but I know you are, and I am too. You'll give up your goals in a game to wrap it up, to win it. Like, Oh yeah. I'm, I know there's other people that said, no, I have to hit my number or I have to hit that. Uh, No, (laughs) um, I I we play the game to win the game. I'm going to sound like Herm Edwards here in a second. So, um, you so, play
1: to win the game.
0: So
1: you don't just play to play it.
0: Yeah. So is there anything that you've that you've learned over the years that you wish you would have known from the start when you first started putting it in that would have helped you like in your early days? Or is that too hard? To- no, every
1: I don't it's that's kind of a tough question. I don't I don't know how many, how much I would wish I would know now that I didn't know then, um, because I pretty much, I mean, I I knew what I was going to do when I did it. Um, I think my biggest problem is trying to do too much. Like we have too many set plays. Um, we have, we don't have enough practice time for me to put in. You know, because my girls don't just eat drink sleep basketball and it's so frustrating when i call out a play and i get two or three of the five kind of like looking around like i don't really know what to do Um, so this year i just in the zoom clinics and hearing the coaches I'll, i'll probably scale back and make it simpler than I mean, do we really need 10 different zone offenses or things to do to, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'll probably make it a little simpler for the girls. Um, I'm changing my uh, transition attack because of Coach Joe uh, Hayes' three-dribble transition.
0: uh, (sighs) You know? (laughs)
1: Um, But in terms of the coaching, this this system – I think that would be it. Just keep keep it a little more simple than than I've had it. You know?
0: Would you advise a coach to just put in like two defenses like like on and off and then and not put all of them in just to really focus on getting the kids how to plus play hard and fly around? Or would you go would you put the gamut in? All four?
1: I, I, if, if they have enough players to where they can go, um, like legitimate two different groups, then I, I would have one group that they get really, really good at one press and then have the other one do something totally different so that when they come in, they're showing that the other team a different look every minute. Uh, we do that and it just, confuses teams because they're like oh well it's his own press you know so we got to run this zone this press breaker and then five new girls come in and then all of a sudden it's a totally different press um that i would do and the other thing i would do is depending on uh if they're in a state with a shot clock versus no shot clock is um you know how to how to uh, trap in the half court Uh, and not worry so much about uh, giving up open shots, as long as those open shots aren't layups, uh, but just getting teams to get rid of the ball sooner. You'd be more... a shot or a turnover. You'd be you more know? aggressive
0: with the shot clock, right? What? You'd be more aggressive defensively in the half court if, if your state had a shot clock, correct?
1: I would, no, I would be more aggressive in a state without a shot clock. Okay. Because otherwise they're just gonna, they can just spread out and pass it around, you know. Because I had that when I was at Westland, uh, and it's just so frustrating. Um, and then you know, if you're not in a shotgun, make sure you have a way to, to to run a half court trap to where you can get the other team to shoot it um, quicker. Because you don't want to you don't want to be a system team that ends up playing defense for 45 seconds to a minute you know then the the other team you know now you got five people coming in if you're running you know true pure 45 second uh shift new shift come in after a dead ball and the other team your team has only played offense one time you know then you're going to get people saying well i can't get the flow because you know i'm not getting any shots up you know if you're going to play the system you got to figure out a way to get the other team to get rid of the ball either by turnover or by shot, quickly. Can't really be a system team if you're going to let the other team pass it around the half court. Thankfully, in Washington, we have a 37 shot clock. So Oregon still doesn't have no one. But
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so when you're doing that and you made the suggestion on switching up your presses, when you make your groups, how often do your groups change? Do they, or do they pretty much stay once you got them or do they change throughout the year or do they kind of stay set for you?
1: They're pretty set. Um, it takes a little while to figure out because um, we don't have, we don't have very many uh, days of practice before our first game. And so, especially when, you know, like this year, this, the soccer team won the state championship. So they missed the first six or seven practices because uh, they were still playing. Um, so I, it, it's hard to figure out quickly what the best group is but once we get an idea you know who works well and quite honestly each group has three like preferred score playmaker types um one's preferred ball handler and the other two are who we get shots for uh that's who i got to figure out which of those work best you know got the one and the two and the four and then if we can get those three, then we fill in with the three and the five usually. Um, but as long as we can figure that out, they tend to stay the same, which allows us to, you know, to kind of alternate defenses. Because, you know, if you're if you're moving back and forth between groups, then it's hard to become really, really good at one press versus another.
0: Well, Coach, also, you've three titles in four years there. What do you think – and you made it to three sweet 16s so what what's the forecast look for next season
1: i just hope there's a next season uh i'm not (laughs) i'm not even sure word has it we may not start till january um which you know we're you know up here in the uh up here in the northwest we're a little uh we all wear masks. I was going to do this whole Zoomcast with a mask on. But since I'm in the man cave by myself, I figured it'd be okay. Well, I'm gonna- uh, so this year, I, th- I think we'll be pretty good. Uh, we're switching leagues. Um, they're doing a realignment thing. And so we have a whole new league. So I know one, one team in our league, Kings, is always really, really good. Um, so we've got another few teams. So it's like half of our league from last year with this new league and we're merging. So we'll see. I, we'll be good, though.
0: One of the clinic yeah. coaches gave me my Simpson background. I love the, that. And it says, the system, instead of the Simpsons. <laughs> he made I like it for that. That's,
1: that's, that's supremely clever. Who did that?
0: Uh, Coach Huddleston. So Nice. Uh, he sent it to me the other day. I'm like, I'll save that for Joel's um, system Zoomcast.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: So you guys have been trying to tell me i should put like a different background for each one and then play guess where i'm at um, just,
1: tell them just keep sending them your way
0: exactly you know um, so you don't think you're hoping you're praying um we just got notice that i can start uh doing some workouts with with the players starting june 22nd so we're optimistic here in california that we'll be able to um have a season um so i'll learn more tomorrow actually but, Coach, I just want to wish you luck. Um, thank you for coming out. You've been a loyal uh, clinic attendee um, and contributor to the system clinics, and hope you've enjoyed them throughout COVID. Oh, and,
1: I love um, them. You know, Otherwise, I'd have to talk to my family, and we don't want to do that.
0: You want to leave any last words of advice for our listeners about the system?
1: If, uh, if you're thinking about doing it, then – You need to really think hard about, you know, giving up control and doing it. But if you're going to do it, you better do it. And you better be – you know, have a conviction. Um, Otherwise, I would stick to what you're comfortable with. That's my – that would be my advice. But I wouldn't – I wouldn't coach any other way. I love it.
0: All right. Well, that was great, Joel. I appreciate your time tonight. Um, I'm Coach Mark Hart with System Basketball. And we'll see you on the next System Basketball Zoomcast.